Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Peter Rosenberg! Shout out to that guy, yes. The majesty. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. There is something going on. Friday edition of Cheap Heat Ringer Wrestling Show. I'm your forever 24-7 champion, Peter Rosenberg, joined by a, another great champion in his own right. I mean, well, I'm not here to say who's a, a greater champion. We're both, we're both champions. Uh, and maybe he'll be Intercontinental Champion come August 6th after SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre back on Cheap Heat. Drew, how are you, man? Well, I'm absolutely marvelous. I'm glad to... Be back on with you, chatting away. I had a little bit of a moment this morning as we just talked about off the air that I've not done an interview properly for about three months now and I couldn't remember my computer password and I could barely <laughs> log in, getting my headphones working. This is coming from the guy that all I've done for the past 
four years is thousands of interviews. So yeah, had a nice little break, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was. I was just thinking that. How was the um? How was the nice little break you gave everyone? Things to think about. Will he? Won't he? Where he? Will he? What's going to happen? How? How was your time away? It was awesome. It was very awesome. Um, it was a unique situation where uh, what was going on. I'll say as much as it. A couple of things I had to get fixed, um, but it didn't require physical therapy like a lot of things I've had to deal with in the past. So I was able to enjoy my time and spend time with the family and the cats and get some projects taken care of outside of the ring and you know sometimes stepping stepping away and getting you know a view outside the bubble is sometimes very helpful for where you want to go as a person and with your career and you know that i learned the hard way when i was younger getting fired and i had to step outside the bubble and get get perspective again and this opportunity uh, allowed me to see things a little clearer and allowed people to Talk a lot on the internet, and uh, yeah, I saw the headlines, all the rumors, and there was so many out there. I can say some of them were true because I literally must have had about fifty rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't, I won't clarify which ones, but as long as people are talking about you, I guess that's good. Well, that's an interesting point, though. Like that must have felt this time away must have felt so vastly different. Not just, of course, from when you were fired, which is obviously light years away. But even different from in years past, you know, if you'd be on the shelf for a little while when your career was in a less certain place. I mean, it, even though you don't know exactly where, what you're going to come back to, was there a certain level of calm and relief knowing that whatever you were coming back to, it, it was going to be just fine? Yeah, I feel pretty confident in where I'm at in my career right now. And I'm very content where I am, you know, mentally right now and what I want out of this life and what I want is to be happy. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's the goal in life. Uh, you should realize that you get older is just to be happy. And all I've ever wanted to do is work with WWE at the highest level. And I don't just want to participate in the ring. I want to keep driving the company forward outside the ring like I've been doing for years. And as long as you know I'm happy on TV and outside the ring, I'm not going anywhere. And Drew McIntyre is happy. So is there any... Uh, mental or emotional difference between now when you're about to uh, have now listen this is sort of a unique situation for the intercontinental championship which is you know traditionally considered sort of a mid-card title it's obviously it's a it's in a, in a bit of a higher place than usual because of what gunther's been doing over the last year the ic title now kind of has some extra uh, gravitas to it but is there any sort of difference for you in operating at like the top of this mid-card title versus being in the World Heavyweight Championship picture? The way I see whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to make it stand out more than anything else on the show. It doesn't matter if it's a segment with a newer talent or people still getting to know them. I'm always trying to figure out how can I stand out more than anything else going on. And it's a little easier. And this situation returning to um, a program with Gunther, as you mentioned, he really has elevated uh, this title. He's done such an incredible job of all the superstars who have returned and new superstars have been introduced over these past couple of years. I'd probably put him at the top of the list for doing such an incredible job and reinventing himself for who he was and the independence in NXT UK. And uh, he should be very proud of himself because he has done an incredible job. But sadly, all good things must come to an end eventually. <laughs> so Drew McIntyre's back <laughs> to ruin that party. And um, I think for our audience, especially our smart audience who be listening to this podcast, yeah. in particular, <clears throat> uh, Gunther finally has an opponent 
um, outside of probably Seamus, where people are like, oh, he might lose this one. He's probably going to lose this one. The people are questioning it rather than this is just going to be another good Gunther match. We now have a program, a big match where people are like, okay, I want to see these two guys together. Oh, Gunther's in jeopardy. He's perhaps going to lose the title and not break Honky Tonk Man's record. Oh, Drew's back. He's finally going to get his moment with the title in front of the fans. And these are two established characters, years for McIntyre, obviously, but the run Gunther's been on and you know, it's got the opportunity to stand out above even the world title match, which is the goal. And I know for Seth and Finn, who are also very competitive like us, they want to stand out. It's really going to be helping uh, Raw right now, the more we have people kind of trying to make sure their segment and matches stand out over everything else on the show. Was was the return at Money in the Bank in London, was that the most sort of exhilarating uh, big moment in front of a crowd return you've, you've ever had? It's certainly the biggest, I would say. Yeah. Um, like returning to ICW in Scotland in, in 2014, if anyone had the opportunity to see that, it was the first kind of show I showed up on outside of WWE when I was released. You know, hearing that reaction of 1,500 people in a little Scottish uh, building was pretty crazy and you know, very loud. And it was a significant moment of my career. It took me in a whole different direction than 3MB. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but, but to fast forward all those years later and have all the moments I've had and uh, the body of work that I've had up until London and all the, the talk and controversy leading up uh, to London and being able to sneak into the country undetected at six foot five, 270 pounds. <laughs> I didn't fly into London, I assure you. And I was like the biggest ninja in the world <laughs> sliding around <laughs> street to street. But it makes you know, such a, but it's, I'm so glad you did though. It like, the, the, the two things that happened that day that really, you know, in a lot of ways made the show, in my opinion, were you surprising us with the return and John Cena being able to make an appearance without anybody having reported it, you know, three days before like that. That's just something that these days, Drew, feels like it's missing so often. The real authentic reaction of a return. And we got that with you. It was awesome. Yeah. And I was very adamant about about that happening. And um that when it came to those who, who knew, it was very, very minimal. Um, the plan, you know, WWE is always evolving, always changing, making sure everybody's on the right page. And uh, everybody got on the right page just at the right time uh, to make it happen. And, um, yeah, it was fun for me, uh, to be honest. Like, I remember standing in the hotel hallway when I was checking in. I'd made it all the way to the hotels. I've done it. I'm finally here. Give me that room key. It's like, sorry, your hotel room's not going to be ready for another 10 minutes. <laughs> ready for 10 minutes. I said, sir, please, I need that key. And thankfully, the gentleman at the desk, uh, I guess, wasn't a wrestling fan or my clever hat and hoodie disguise was working. And uh, as we're talking, I could just hear people behind me talking about money in the bank and their excitement. And I glance around and I literally see a few um, full-grown men with their money in the bank briefcases and titles. And oh, no, no, I'm always excited to see our fans, but, but not this is not the time I want to see our fans. And there was a sign that said private, <laughs> like only for the staff. I just burst right through <laughs> like a maniac. I called the guy at the desk and said, get back here. and kind of cut a promo on him for a second. About, I'm not saying I'm here for this particular reason, but you need to get, I felt like a bad guy and I never apologized. Maybe I should call him, but I cut a promo on him. Told him I flew across the road. I need that key now. He got me that key. It took me the back way to my room. And uh, aside my family visiting, I lived in that room for about a day and a half. <laughs> 
Oh, that, that is so cool. I'm so glad that you were, in spite of you having to cut a promo on the poor guy at the hotel, I'm still glad it worked out. Yeah, I should because... probably call him. Uh, <laughs> I don't like being mean. Uh, well, if I have to be, you push me. I love being mean, but no, no, it wasn't his fault. It was just the situation exacerbating. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pulling up this. Uh, after you mentioned it, I wanted to see it. So I'm, I'm looking up this. your return to ICW. In, oh, yeah. It's in, a play on, um, what was it? Uh, when the Ultimate Warrior returned to save Hulk Hogan from Papa Shango, I believe <laughs> it was a play on when they're holding my buddy Jack Jester and the line is uh, from like, Jesse maybe on commentary, Jesse, I'm sure. Like, uh, does have a friend in the world? And then the Warriors music hit and it's like, you don't have a friend left in this one. The lights go out. Oh, up. Well, look at I that. was there and, and in my mind, I was like, I wonder how they're going to react. You know, I've been gone for a few years and I'm no former Intercontinental Champion, did a few cool things, but you know, things weren't going too well for a couple of years, as much as I enjoyed 3MB. Um, you know, I wasn't exactly setting the world on fire. Perhaps my home country wasn't so proud of what I've been doing. So I was a little nervous about how they'd react. Let me let me see if you're able on. let me see if you're able to hear this. Tell me if you can hear this, hold on. Because I can hear it. I can't. But I've seen it so many times. Okay. I'm just I'm hearing the, it so many But like times. watching it is <laughs> This was three weeks after I was fired. And um, I believe a lot of the response online was, wow, he's, you know, he's like a different man. He's really, you know, evolved and changed himself and, you know, found himself. And I had to point out, I've been the same guy. It's been three weeks. <laughs> it's just <laughs> interesting. You're presented with a certain role that you have to fulfill when you, you know you have something extra in you and you're not getting the chance to show it. And when you finally get the chance to show it, but at the, the same time, it's, you know, I believe I can do this, but... You know, can I really pull it off? Even I've got this self belief, but the thing for me is, as long as you get the chance to do it, and you fail, at least you fail doing what you believe you're capable of, and you succeed, then everybody wins. Um, are you ever able? Do you think that you will ever be able to fully like shed? Not that you want to. I don't even know that you'd want to. But do you think mentally you ever shed the experience you had of being fired? Or is that like always sort of built into the way you carry yourself to this day as you, you're the guy who lost it all and got it back in a bigger way than ever? I don't want to shit it. I don't want to forget it. It's such a big part of not just who I am as a wrestler and uh, entertainer. It's a massive part of who I am as a man without that happening. I don't believe I would have reached the heights I've reached in my profession. I don't believe I would operate the way I operate mentally and see the bigger picture. When, when I was younger, I would just get angry all the time and complain all the time and not try and keep that perspective of this is what I always wanted to do. And, you know, there's ups and downs and peaks and valleys in this industry, in every industry. You just got to be able to ride the downs, but keep working hard because eventually you'll get back to those peaks. And during that period outside the company, I was able to find my voice, like on the microphone, I was able to find who I am in the ring, what kind of style I want to bring. I was able to represent so many different companies as the top guy. And I've always said, if you can be the head guy, the top guy in companies outside of WWE and represent them the way they need to be represented, you can do it in WWE. And I did it for, I can't even tell you how many companies, over 10 companies, I was probably champion specifically with ICW, Evolve, Impact Wrestling. And I was able to be the guy in all these places and learn you know, how to be um, the man there and how to drive the business forward. And I had bad injury in 2016. I talk about my book, A Chosen Destiny, My Chosen Destiny, available now, <laughs> uh, where it's the first time off I've ever had in my life. Um, so I had to sign straight from university, came straight to America. You know, never had any time to slow down ever. I was always told where to be at school and college. I was always told where to be by WWE. This was the first time that I kind of slowed down, but I didn't slow down when I got fired. I started hitting the ground running again as fast as I could, the craziest schedule. 
that I've ever had in my life. When I broke my neck, I was out for, you know, luckily 10 weeks. It was only the bones that were broken and a non-displaced fracture, thank goodness. But I was able to have, you know, a serious conversation with the missus and she pointed out like, hey, you know, you're going to crash and burn eventually if you keep this up. So what do you mean? I'm the biggest wrestler outside of WWE. That was the goal. And it happened so quickly thanks to people believing in me and giving me the platform to show what I can truly do. There's a note here going out all the time you're burning the candle not just the both ends you're burning the candle both ends and lighting the candle on fire you're going out all the time and you're excusing it as you're seeing your buddies you've not seen for a while in the uk and that's just what you do in this business or whatever but you know you're going to come crashing down and eventually i'm going to leave your arse so you know when people have those kind of conversations with you you can listen and change but really you're only going to do it for so long if you don't want to do it for yourself and you know, I realized, you know what, you're right. I need to eliminate the last negatives I've got going on and I'm a little bit out of control outside of the ring. So I had a hard look at myself. I looked at my body and goes, okay, maybe this is the last you know, weakness here. I'm in shape and better shape than a lot of people, but no, you're not competing against other people. You're competing against you. What's the biggest match you could have right now? WWE brought Lesnar, the biggest attraction at the time. <clears throat> and even right now, it could be argued. I said, okay, look at the size of my stood in front of him right now. I don't believe I can fight that man. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Got, to, got to fix that. Who's working with him? Paul Heyman. Who could I go one on one? Paul Heyman in the mic right now. Could be argued nobody could ever, but no, no. I could improve that game. Let's let's up the amount of interviews. Let's you know up the amount of mic time on shows. Let's just start taking the mic. Where can I improve upon? And from there, I changed my diet. I started working even harder. I saw the massive difference almost overnight. Just diet really is seventy percent of it. I'd heard it for years. I'd never done it. I just worked out my whole life and. Ate just whenever the f- I felt like eating. Turns out diet is such a massive part. I gained all this weight. My body changed dramatically. I got so much more comfortable in the microphone. I was back in WWE within a few months. If you fast forward to when I won the Royal Rumble, I came backstage. I've told this story before. Ricochet pointed at the screen and said, "Oh, well, that's pretty cool. And I glanced at the image and it was Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title WrestleMania. I thought back to that moment where I went, Oh my goodness, I remember thinking, what's the biggest match I could have? And I'm not ready for it. And now look at that guy standing in front of that guy. When I went face to face with Brock and I looked down on him, people went, Ooh, he could be a Brock Lesnar. And that was the goal. Wow. That, that, and, and, and it's so true too. Cause I mean, looking at you right now, I'm literally, I still have this matchup uh, from eight years ago in front of me. Yeah. You, you look like you're in great shape. You'd see that guy and you go, he's a professional wrestler. You totally believe that. But would you believe that guy would beat Brock Lesnar? No, not not really. That's a guy. That's a guy I see getting F five six times and and getting pinned. And the the version of you that we have now is realistically able to beat anyone. But the the biggest takeaway I had from the story you just told was what your wife said to you. I mean that that sounds like she really gave you a real blessing in that conversation. And it's not always the conversation people in this business have gotten or in life generally, the conversation they get is it's too late and they're leaving. And instead she yep. gave you the real, Hey, I'm going to give you a chance to get this right here. I mean, that, that, that must be something you're sort of eternally grateful for, huh? Oh, hundred percent. Without her, there's no Drew McIntyre where I'm at right now. She's such an important part of my journey, important part of who I am today and has put up with a lot. And um, this is not an easy industry to be in for a spouse. You know, you are on the road more than your home. Um, and the goal is, you know, you work hard, you, you know, have fun doing the job you've always dreamed of, but you earn a good enough of a living that one day y'all can relax and enjoy that time you have. But you have to be pre- mindful that, hey, you've still got to, 
you know, be involved where you can, even if you're not on the road, you got to keep in contact all the time when you're home, you've got to make the most of that time, not be sleeping all the time because you're going to hang over or whatever. Uh, you've got to be a bit of a, you know, super husband, super dad. And uh, that should be, you know, come with excuses. Well, look, I'm on the road, I'm tired or whatever. You just got to, you know, step it up. If you really want to make things work, you really can have it all. You just sometimes need somebody to give you a kick in the arse and she's always there to give me a kick in the arse. And if my feet ever get off the ground slightly, my head gets a little big. <laughs> People are putting me over a little bit too much. You'll pull me right back down to earth and maybe put my feet a little bit under the ground just to make sure. And that's what you need to do in this industry and in life. How, how long have you guys been together? Uh, we met about 10 years ago. Uh, married about six and a half. So she got to be there just as things were sort of unraveling and then also be there to help you. She was there for 3MB. Never watched wrestling in her life, could not comprehend or understand what the heck I was doing. And that's how you, <laughs> and that's how you tried to pounds. get her. That's how you tried to get her into, into wrestling was through 3MB. That's, that's a tough crash course for her. I always tried to tell her, please don't watch. <laughs> just, <laughs> I do this. I avoided saying what I do. Just <laughs> like wrestling. Okay. And then tried to help her understand. And, you know, she appreciates it now. And I appreciate the hard work that goes in, but she's still not a regular viewer of the show. Um, and I kind of like that. She's always got an outside perspective. It's so easy for people like myself or yourself or anybody that's really watching everything, such a big fan of our industry to get jaded um, about a lot of things and to get that outside perspective really has helped me over the years. And a number of things, like even like my, the sword I bring to the ring, like our fans hate it. Our social fans, our hardcore fans. And sometimes I'm like, why do I have this sword all the time? Like I'm never going to I'll be, I'll, shank somebody. Drew, I never want to be a phony because you're here in front of me. I, I admit I hated the sword. I, I did hate the, hate the sword. Yeah. So like I, I loved it initially. And then I got to the point where I was swinging it around and I started even saying that, goodness, look, I'm never going to take anybody out. And she pointed out, here's the thing, like uh, one, you probably shouldn't be bringing it to the ring and swinging it around me. You're like, you should just only have it for your entrance. It's such mm. a you know visual, visual uh, industry. And it's such an important part of your presentation. Think about the kids in the crowd that see super, when you were younger, He-Man walking out with a big sword or whatever, the way they're going to feel when they see that or somebody like for the first time, like her, when she wasn't watching and tunes it in, but when it was going on in the wrestling tonight, like, uh, like let's see what's happening. And they're watching Outlander, they see Braveheart, whatever they're like, my God, look at this monster, hairy, giant Scottish guy with long hair and a kilt and a sword that shoots fire. You see what's going on in the wrestling right now? So, so as we get so jaded because we're in it, like it just takes me asking her, just like, think about it this way. Maybe not here, but maybe here. Like, okay, that makes total sense to me. And I still have it as part of my, my entrance, but I've avoided bringing it, say, like for the interview with, with Gunther the other night. If I was standing like I used to with the sword that's there, like why would I use it? <laughs> right, like, right. Instead it, of just it, balancing on it like I did half the time. <laughs> right. It's almost like now it's acknowledged that it's just like even the character acknowledges this is part of my entrance, but it's not a, a legitimate weapon that I am threatening to hurt people with because, yeah, you're not going to no. stab someone with a sword. That would be an interesting turn. I, mean, I, I 100% pitched. Like situations with that and I'm deadly serious like for, for Wrestlemania or a significant moment like uh, we've got you know, Hollywood people we work with we can dress stuff up we can do stuff in, in post or pre ideally you know saving Private Ryan there's some of the scenes with people <laughs> using limbs and uh, some of the actors uh, amputees and the likes and I was like I'm deadly serious can we do something like that and, you know, something like that what was it why do i have it then i can't pay it off <laughs> exactly all right i'll just stick it in the stage and call it a day i, I get it yeah so we got to cut the ropes like that that was a big oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the rope the rope spot was fun though that was that was fun yeah, yeah. and it was actually at the time it was kind of like a whoa because we hadn't seen you do anything yeah. with it 
that was the payoff I'm going for. Like, in, I feel like I've told this story. If I, have, if I have, sorry, but I'll do a condensed version. We did try to do the rope spot for a SmackDown. And during the day, I tried and it didn't work. So we just shelved it, never thought about it. And leading up to uh, WrestleMania a couple of years ago, when I was facing Corbin. Um, I was like, we need something else. Like, there's just not enough steam to get into this match. Um, I need like a moment that people are going to remember. It's just going to be forgotten um, over this WrestleMania. And it just frustrated me that I was winning the title the year prior. And I went to you know, Vince and asked him, I was like, hey, that's what we did. I think I could pull it off. And I was like, okay, we can you know, work on it. But you don't want a WrestleMania moment where you swing a sword at the ropes. And what happened last time, it doesn't work. And <laughs> millions of people just watch you bounce the sword off the rope. You know, it's. It's not exactly top baby face stuff. No, <laughs> so no. I, I believe I can do it. So we got to the day of mania. It's all been set up. I'm backstage practicing with our sword team. They've got a rope tied around the ring post, pulling as tight as they can. I'm trying to hit it. And it's not about power where we go through every time, obviously. It's about technique. Um, you have to essentially fillet that rope at the right angle, like swing it like a samurai. And I was getting about six out of 10. And I was like getting worried. We're getting close to the match and I'm not hitting this every time. You know, this is a little concerning. And I got Wait, so they have to like keep they have to keep tying a rope over and over again for you to try it, so you can get multiple tries. Yeah, I mean, some of them I just kept hitting the same one over and over because it wouldn't break. Right, right. So I was like, this is very concerning. I'm about to go <laughs> and WrestleMania, tens of millions of people are watching across the world, and I'm going to look like a buffoon. And uh, they basically gave me the option: listen to it. you're going to take a risk if you do this. Do you want to do it or not? I said, yeah, right, I want to do it. If not, I'll laugh it off somehow. I'll like, I'll, like uh, just it has to work. It will work. And uh, Madcap was great. You know, I did it in a way that I wasn't running and swinging it. I was as controlled as possible. He got out of the way at the last second to give me the perfect positioning for the best chance of success. And thank goodness it didn't just go through the top rope. I went through the second rope and it almost went through the third rope. And it looked awesome. It was a great visual. I did the pose afterwards. And I may have affected the next match. The poor ring crew were running out, changing the ropes during the next promo video for the next match and I believe still fixing the ropes as Ray was hitting the ropes I was like ah, now I feel guilty but on the flip side <laughs> and I felt really bad if it didn't work yeah. <laughs> you had to get it you had to get that right oh, by the way you mentioned yes, you mentioned that match with Corbin Corbin's such an interesting dude to me in that like the last couple of years obviously no no fan has been able to quite follow what his journey has been they bring back JBL it looks like it's going to go one way then doesn't now he's in NXT getting Gable Steveson uh, some action here, and they'll have their fir- his first match at the Bash with him. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, working with Corbin, though? Because I always just think that physically in ring, he seems like such a talented dude. Um, t- I'm curious for your perspective, who obviously had a huge match in your run with Corbin at Mania. Yeah, I've had many moments with Corbin, be on the same team or um, opposite him. And he has an incredible talent. He is such a big guy, which for me is necessary as a big baby face. It's hard for people to get heat on me it's hard to get sympathy I mean, you're such a physically imposing individual and I mean, your character is larger than life as well as being such a big guy it's so hard to get sympathy and people are generally just waiting for me to fight back like when i'm getting beat up most of the time they'll just go silent and just wait like everyone's gonna fight back so we can see him kick bugs and know he's gonna do it eventually with someone like corbin is so physically imposing and so talented in the ring he keeps it interesting because you have to these days you can't just plot around or people get bored you know, he's an exceptional performer um, it makes my job so much easier. And the fact that he really wants to be a bad guy, like a lot of people like claim they're like, oh, I'm a bad guy or whatever, but they just say cool things and get cheered and they'll say cool things on social media. And like, you don't want to be a bad guy or do cool moves or whatever. I was like, come on. It's like, if I ever turn bad again, 
watch what happens. So do you want to see Drew McIntyre doing anything remotely cool? And I will bring that sword to the ring. I'll have it everywhere. I'll do things that drive people crazy. Right. <laughs> like I'll be a bad guy, but, but Corbin like, truly wants to be that bad guy. Um, and there was a period where I just wanted to ask him, can I work with him in all the live events? Because when he walked out, just the reactions were like Dominic right now. Uh, he's doing such an amazing job as well. Like just pure hatred and online ripping him apart. Like, oh no, he's got go away heat, whatever. I was like, no, he's just the one guy that's got heat. <laughs> People just genuinely don't it, like him. Yo, Drew, isn't that, isn't that the funniest <laughs> thing? Doesn't it seem like any time anyone actually in this era gets real heat, it seems like yeah. everyone says it's like, oh, it's Xbox heat. Every, it's every single time I yeah. feel like they say that. I'm like, I'm like, trust me, I'm in the ring. I can hear the people. If the people in the crowd are sitting in their hands and hating it, I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> but they would go crazy, boo him when he's beating me up, cheer me when I was fighting back. I was like, so it's supposed to work. It seems to be emotionally invested because you know, my hearing's not great, but I got ears. I can hear them. <laughs> right, right. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another thing at SummerSlam I'm super psyched about, and I know Ricochet is an old uh, pal of yours, is this Logan Paul ricochet match. I, I have been, I don't know about you, man. I've been so impressed. I did not have a particular interest when Logan Paul showed up. I'm not, I'm not a social media guy in that way. It didn't mean anything to me. And he has so impressed me with his approach and how seriously he seems to be taking this. And then what him and ricochet are physically capable of doing is so crazy. Um, first of all, j- just your thoughts on that match. And from the inside, what is your perception of Logan Paul and, and is his work ethic as great as it appears to be? Because the guy seems to have improved leaps and bounds very quickly. Yeah, I'm excited for the match just like everybody else. And I know they're both cooking up some crazy ideas. They're both absolutely fearless. 
and it's a match um, that hopefully is on after me because I would love to, you know, have my war. And then once I'm sitting down, icing myself off, once Gunther and I are finished, watch the match as a fan because I know it's going to be highly entertaining and I'm going to be highly sports entertained with, uh, <laughs> with the athleticism that's going to be brought <laughs> during that match. Uh, but for Logan himself, yeah, he uh, loves this. Like he doesn't have to be here, like uh, you know, like a bad bunny. Um, or a few other people that have came into our industry to have genuine passion for WWE. And like yourself, I honestly didn't know who he was. I see his name pop up now and again um, on news sites or if I'm watching the news or whatever, I would see you know something pop up about him. But that was the extent of my knowledge of him. And when somebody shows up, I don't just say, who's this guy? Like when Bad Buddy showed up, I've never heard of this guy. I take one second to do the research. And go, <laughs> hey, go on. Oh, oh, he's wildly famous. He's, <laughs> this wild. Wow, he's like the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I take one second to do my research. So, you know, um, you take a step back and go, okay, it's cool they're here, but how do they, you know, act while they're here? Do they treat our industry with respect? Because not a lot of people, you know, do from the outside. I've seen that as well. People come in, have a big head. And then I love when they get in front of our fans because our fans can smell BS and boo them out of the building. They can't understand why they're being booed. Um, but when it came to like Logan, you know, he got booed, I guess, for other, for other reasons, but, you know, took it and went, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use this. I can't understand why they're, why they're booing me, but they have this emotional reaction to me. So how can I parlay into something interesting? So where he started, he was having great moments and matches in the ring to where he's at now, where he's embraced the character, embraced the reaction. All he's wanted to do is have a great job and have do a great job and have great matches. And he's done that. And he's really, you know, had stand-up matches on the show, not just good matches on the show, and perhaps even the best match on a couple of shows, like himself and Roman, was uh, an incredible match. That really that really was yeah. a damn good match. That that one really was probably what I guess it shouldn't surprise me the most, because I mean he was in with Roman and how big that's you know, Roman's everything has been, his orbit has been the last few years. But just the way he actually it actually turned into a match where I go, I- I'm believing Roman could lose here by the end. That yeah. that to me was pretty remarkable. Yeah, and that was you know a testament to obviously Roman, but Logan's got to hold up his side of the match. You can't just have a match with yourself as much as we say have a match with a broomstick. If you know the broomstick, um, unfortunately, no doesn't have eyes, doesn't have emotions. A human being does, and if you look in someone's eyes, you can see if they're like a deer in the headlights or they're lost. But he's just been there, switched on since day one, and. You can look at some of our superstars now, like more so in NXT because they're finding themselves. So just take one look in their eyes and you can tell the difference between someone who knows who they are and someone who's present and in the moment and somebody who's just thinking about the next move and the next moment and, oh, God, what am I going to do? And they don't really know who they are. Like He's known since day one who he was. And that's the biggest thing I look for over the moves is just looking in someone's eyes like, oh, wow, you know, he's feeling it. He knows exactly who he is and he's present in the moment right now. And he's always had that and he's just evolved from there. And, you know, he, he takes such a beating sometimes as well, and he just laughs it off. I remember in Saudi at the airport, this Tambuk had moved by in a wheelchair, and he was like, I think I brought my shin to hey, McIntyre. He just kept going laughing. <laughs> like, I can't remember if it turned into a knee injury or whatever, but he was just kind of laughing it off. And I was like, oh, he's pretty funny. <laughs> and he obviously <laughs> loves this. He's willing to put his body on the line for it. So, yeah, he gets a thumbs up from me. Uh, you, you mentioned, you did mention in passing, you know, if you were bad, you would, you would do X, Y, and Z. After... After this run over the last several years of just being the the goodest of good guys, uh, does is that something that appeals to you? Like, uh, or at this point, do you like being that guy exactly and getting to live that life all the time, where you, you kind of your character gets to match your personality? Because um, I'm not to ruin the the story, but I think you're a real life baby face. Uh, would you enjoy 
Would you enjoy, though, getting to have a good run going the other way? I'm very open to whatever the best story is and whatever um, is going to be the most entertaining um, for our fans and for myself. Like, I have to be creatively fulfilled as well. And I did feel it was a period where, you know, um, McIntyre, you know, didn't quite have the, the moments and stories that he needed to stay um, in a prominent position and perhaps slipped a little. And if timing-wise, I mean, it's never a good time to need to disappear for a minute, but I think when I disappeared, it was an ideal time. I wanted to make that match in Mania, uh, the triple threat match, and I wanted it to be as good as possible. It turned out to be a match that hopefully people will be talking about for years and one of my favorite matches I've ever had. Um, but that break, um, a real break in the controversy, I could hear the difference when I came back. And I want to make sure going forward that we keep the character exactly where he needs to be, not just for my benefit, but you know, for the company's benefit. And it's awesome. We have so many other characters on fire right now. Things are just so hot in this industry right now, specifically with WWE. Business is great. The characters are pushing forward and I want to make sure you know, I'm one of the ones that stay towards the, the top of the card. And as much as I you know, enjoy being a good guy and um, take pride in everything uh, that I do outside of the ring, um, community work and the likes and how I treat people. And my dad's very proud of that. You know, if anyone saw any of my stuff from outside the company when I was uh, a bad guy, uh, everybody has that side of their personality. And, you know, that aggressive side of Drew McIntyre that you see in the ring sometimes, that's in Drew Galloway as well. And if I get the opportunity to showcase that, if it's the right story uh, and the right situation, then I'd be happy to do it. But if I do it, I go all in on everything. So people be aware if you see me walking down the street, it wouldn't be the same Drew. <laughs> I, I love to hear that. Nothing, nothing makes me happier. Uh, Drew, thank you for this. Uh, thank you for the time. We look forward to SummerSlam, August 5th, Detroit, the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Thanks for uh, joining us on Cheap Eat, bud. Thank you, brother. As always, I'll oh. see you probably at SummerSlam. Big, big shout out to Drew McIntyre, uh, as always. What a what a lovely guy that guy is. I mean, and I love that he said that if he does decide to turn, you know you're going to get full-time bad guy Drew McIntyre. I love that. I just, I find his story inspirational. I love how much he leans into the fact personally that he, like, had it all, lost it all, and then got it back. You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of those stories that are very, like, not fabricated, but sort of embellished in sports and in wrestling. And in his, I just think it's so very real. Like, he initially had the rocket strapped to him, didn't make the most of it, ended up getting fired, then comes back. That It's just like, to me, it's such a dope story. So big shouts to Drew McIntyre for coming on. Um, everybody, I hope you stay mage and enjoy yourself this weekend. Send us your emails, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. And next week, we'll do a nice big mailbag. Thanks to Brian Waters. I believe Troy the Goy back next week. And uh, we'll catch you on Tuesday right here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. GP, stay mage. The majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. To make up and like stand in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 